Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With me today, Dr. Rob Jones. How are you doing, Bree? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. It's been a while. It's been far too long. It has. I, February was, I think, yeah. the first part of this. Yeah. And so um, we, we've had a lot of series kind of in between that, courtesy of your idea with that. So thank you there. Um, and now we're back to talk about personal branding, part two. There was a lot we didn't get to cover. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, there was. And I, I sent the last podcast to a lot of my friends and family and they were like, oh, my goodness, this was really, really good. Uh, so I'm excited about being on the podcast with you again. I appreciate it. Oh, where I'm, I'm happy to have you. Let me ask you, I know in our last conversation and I'm thinking about your amount of time you've been with MU Extension now, nine months. Mm-hmm. How's it feel? It feels like I have been here for longer than nine months in a good way, in a good way, in a good way. It feels like we hit the ground running. We are rolling. I don't feel new. I love my team. I love the work that we're doing. It feels like we have a, a, a cadence to what we do. Wonderful. Well, and I know you had a big challenge. I want to make sure I get this right. But your big challenge question that you posed was how can we clarify, unify and grow the MU extension brand? And so I, I was wondering if you could kind of give us a little update on how that's been. Um, so where are you in that? And what what was the experience or has the experience been like so far? Yeah. Um, so as far as clarifying, unifying and growing the brand, uh, the first piece was creating that larger vision and then starting to get more tangible and granular with what that vision would actually look like. And I, I told you about my list of, of yeah. things that I wanted to accomplish. In conjunction with that, uh, I also created um, a sort of holistic communications channel strategy, Mm -hmm. if you will. What I realized is that in clarifying, unifying and growing the brand, there was a key opportunity for us to make sure that our channels were more aligned. For example, we have about maybe a hundred newsletters around MU Extension. And so where's their opportunity to better coordinate all of that capacity that's being allocated to our newsletters, right? What does it look like? And one of the lower lift ways to do that is to one, get our, all of our newsletters over to the same channel dot digital. And then from there, we can get a coordinated calendar schedule for when people release those newsletters. For example, if somebody goes to MU extension and we create a landing page that says, Hey, what topics are you interested in? We have a whole bunch of newsletters and they say, Oh my gosh, I'm interested in this, this, and this, and this, and this. And they sign up for all of those newsletters. Now, all of a sudden they're getting six different newsletters at the same time because we haven't coordinated that. So I realized that the same experience was potentially true for all of our Facebooks. We have about two or 300 Facebook accounts right now. So what does it look like then to make sure that we're maximizing all the capacity that's being put towards all of those different channels? And then from there, better coordinate the work that's being done, right? So what that would mean then is there would be a shift in some folks in the way that they do things. So if you're used to sending out your newsletter as a PDF, as some people are doing and not through dot digital, was it what does it look like to bring people over to dot digital and work in a coordinated way with our Facebooks? We have folks who have geographically based Facebooks and topic based Facebooks. What does it look like to coordinate that work? And I'm realizing from an end user perspective that there's opportunity to get 
get people the information that they need in a more viable way. But that would mean that there was a shift required for the people who are providing said information. So me and my team, we crafted that vision together on what the future could look like. But extension being kind of a a free agent sort of an organization, if you will, where everyone does their own thing. There was some relationship building needed in order to get people on board or has been some relationship building needed to get people on board with that holistic strategy of coordination. And so I will say on on the plus side, some folks, you present things and it's immediate. Yes, absolutely. I see where this is going. I see the bigger picture. I see how we can all work together. At the same time, I completely respect that folks have their systems on how they do things. They have their routines. A lot of folks at Extension have been at Extension for a while now. Right. So any disruption to that system that they've created is potentially uh, discomforting. Right. So what does it then look like to articulate the larger vision that we're working towards and bring people on board while also not ignoring the very real perspective? that those folks have. Right. And so as we've crafted this vision and and sort of rolled it out, what we're doing is presenting this to all the different groups. So we presented at the very top to the Chad and the Sarah's of the world and the senior program directors and the regional directors, but also the communicators who would be implementing a lot of this stuff and getting their perspective on where are we missing the mark? Where are there some caveats that we haven't considered? And then from there, iterating on those strategies and rolling them out in a way that takes into account all of those different perspectives. So to summarize that, when thinking about clarifying, unifying, and growing the MU Extension brand, we've created this vision together, but also realizing that that vision has to take more shape and more form as you gain more perspective of the the folks around Extension. Sure, absolutely. So remaining fluid to all the different perspectives and even even more potential changes in that. That's a that's a big challenge, I have to say, a big challenge. And I think it's it's really great insight for any organizations out there who are maybe even going through a a similar process where whether you're rebranding or, you know, and to our point today, we're going to talk about personal branding, but um, that concept of maybe having to slow down to speed up again when it comes to that perspective of of really solidifying a brand. Uh, So let me ask you, what's your favorite part, Ben? This whole time, nine months now, what's your favorite part about working for Extension? Oh, the people. Yeah. Oh, the people easily that the people It's definitely the people. My team got Rob and Mike over here. We were just joking right before we hopped on the the live stream. Even the Dewey's and the Brianna's of the world. (laughs) It's the people. I was I was talking to Kay on my team uh, a couple of days ago. We were on the road and there is something so satisfying about waking up and one loving the work that you're about to do and loving the people that you're about to see being able to walk into the office and I see, I see Travis and I see Michael and I see Kay and then Maureen, I was joking around with her because sometimes she works remotely. So I'm like, every time I see you, it's like a treat. I don't know where you're going to be in the office and where you are. (laughs) So it's being able to see the people who we all have a shared, I would say baseline mission or understanding of we are here to help people. Right. And that makes waking up and doing the work that you're going to do a lot more uh, rich. Right. It never feels like work, right? If right. you enjoy what you do and you never work a day in your life, exactly. I think is how it goes. Yep. So mm-hmm. excellent. Well, I'm glad that you're 
here and I'm glad that we're continuing to move forward in some of these these big challenges because there is so much that MU Extension has to offer um, that I, again, you're listening to Missouri Training Institute stuff, but I mean, man, you talk about all the different buckets that Extension covers. And so there's a lot of opportunities out there. More information on our website if you're interested in the Extension stuff. But let's talk a little bit about it in February. We're going to kind of recap for a minute for our viewers and our listeners. When I think back to that conversation, one thing, a uh, really important question here, Dr. Jones, you mentioned at that point that, you, you know, you talk about the aesthetics and kind of emulating, thinking about who it is that you might want to take on a little bit of the persona and, and, uh, Don Draper was yours. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So my big question here is so important. Our viewers have to know how many more suits, Mr. <laughs> Draper, have you added to your wardrobe? So, okay. So first and foremost, <laughs> a good suit is hard to come by. Okay. That, that needs to be known. Dewey knows. Dewey knows. Exactly. A good suit is hard to come by. Yeah. So you can't just buy suits all willy dilly. Since our last podcast together, uh-huh. I'm working on one suit right now. Okay. Got, I got fitted for it. I'm waiting to get it back and we'll see how it looks, but it, it, it's a, it's a black suit. It's not a jet black suit, but it's black. I'm pretty excited about it because I needed a black suit. Well, you know, and here's the interesting piece. Ray and I did a whole conversation on professional professional dress. We did a Facebook live, I guess it was last year on professional dress. And we focused primarily on, on women, but maybe this is an opportunity to do a Facebook live or something on professional dress for men, right? Not leaving our men out. So I'll be going to coming to you and Dewey for, for that. <laughs> All <Dewey>. right. <laughs> but we did focus a lot on the aesthetics when we thought about personal branding and some of the things that we really kind of a quick recap. We talked about the kind of the two pieces of your personal brand. We talked about internal and external. So constantly trying to balance your authenticity with the way that you want to be um, received by others. We talked about um, really asking yourself some big questions on what am I trying to communicate? Uh, What space am I going into and being cognizant of how uh, you want to show up within that space and the people that are going to be a part of that space? And so today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that. And I guess one of the first questions I have also kind of going back to our conversation in February is um, you did reference in there that brand uh, when you're considering or evaluating your brand, you're usually looking at, you know, is it kind of a cultural fit or potentially a cultural add to an organization? And so when you think about that, how would you encourage someone to really go about doing this? Like, how do you analyze that? That's a great question. And it's actually funny because I'll, I'll talk about what I did with my my current role. OK, so after the first round of interviews, when I knew that I would be coming in and, and things were looking like they may take form, I actually Googled my team, mm. every person on my team okay. and found all the information I could find. And I looked at all their LinkedIn profiles. I looked on MU Accenture Way to see what their background was and looked at their bios. And not only did I want to figure out that information because I'm nosy, but (laughs) also I wanted to see through their experiences where there might there be some alignment, but where might I be able to add to that pot? (laughs) And a couple of things that I noted when I looked up my team, one, 
I found that more than a few folks on my current team have instructional design backgrounds, mm-hmm. right? Which means that they are educators at their core. Mm-hmm. And so from there, with my education background, I knew that there would be at least some alignment in, in how we saw things from a, from a value system. And that doesn't mean that we would see everything the exact same way, but there was still that baseline understanding or that shared understanding that we would have. I found that, uh, Mr. Mize over here, he has an extensive video and news background and Kay and Kurt, they have a journalism background. And I knew that from there, that meant that there will be some journalistic integrity to the storytelling mm-hmm. that would come out of the shop. Sure. And so looking at the team holistically and, and really being a stalker, to be completely honest, <laughs> I found that there was so much alignment in where we would potentially want to go and why we want to do this work. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I would add and and my advice to anybody who's on the job market or or potentially on the job market is having the confidence to believe that you will contribute to any space that you go into. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's almost one of those things where it. For me, at least, it's unfathomable for me to go into a space and not contribute something. Sure. Right. Whatever it is, whatever that may be. And the third piece of that and kind of tying into that second piece of when you go into an interview, they aren't just interviewing you. You're interviewing them as well. Absolutely. And that was a critical piece of my decision to come to extension when I came here and I sat with the entire team and they grilled me and I grilled them. And I talked to Marshall and he grilled me and I grilled him and and really making sure that there was not only just alignment from a value standpoint, but is this a place where I feel that I could come in and flourish and and in thinking about what it is I have to add to that space is that addition going to be received by the team Mm. so from there I all those questions the answer to them was yes and that's how I was confident that I would be able to add to the culture instead of just fit in and 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 be status quo so do you I guess thinking about that um is your preference and just in your experience always to kind of consider that add, you know, what you're adding to it versus just fitting in then? Should that be the goal, I guess, in some way, shape or form? I would say yes and. Okay. I would say yes and. It goes back to that shared value system, yeah. right? Yeah. At, at the At the base level, again, let's just say, for example, Extension was in the business of hiking up the prices as much as we could and getting people in and out. And I don't care if it's a lemon, sell it to them and they'll drive it off the lot and be happy. Mm-hmm. If that were the, the vibe at extension, it wouldn't be a good fit. Right. 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 And for that reason, I wouldn't be able to add to it. I would actually dis- detract from that sort of culture. Sure. Right. Okay. And so to answer your question, it would be the cultural fit piece and then adding to that culture as well. But it's about having the confidence to believe that you can add to that culture as well and, and having the competencies and the, the confidence and focus to make sure that you do. And I think that's interesting because we did talk uh, in February about that element of confidence that is required uh, when you're entering into spaces. And as you're kind of identifying your personal brand, recognizing how do you want to show up again, going back to those questions. And and that's where you mentioned Mr. Draper. I mentioned I always looked at Olivia Benson from um, SVU, Law and Order SVU. But thinking about 
beyond that, beyond the aesthetics, beyond the actual appearance, I guess, what are some other considerations that you want to focus on? I've heard you mention a little bit about core competencies a little bit. So how do you get very comfortable or very familiar with what core competencies you're bringing as your personal brand? And again, analyzing that then in relationship to a cultural fit or ad. That is a beautiful question. And when I think about the whole idea of personal brand, the way that we've come to understand personal brand from a contemporary standpoint is the look and feel, how I present. Mm-hmm. And that is valuable. And we, we spoke at length about that last time, but that's actually the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. The best examples I can give, and I, I gave you my muses last time, Kobe Bryant, I don't know if you're familiar, but he's known as the Black Mamba, right? Okay. He, he, his, okay. One of his brand, he, one of his uh, ideals is known for being a workhorse, outworking okay. everyone in the room. Gotcha. He didn't develop the Black Mamba persona or this idea of, of outworking everyone in the room until about 10 years in the league. Okay. Beyonce even, I don't, she's she's known as Queen B, uh-huh. right? That element of her brand w- didn't come to the forefront until after about 10 years as a professional singer, mm-hmm. right? When you look back at all of these folks, Steve Jobs, if you think about Steve Jobs, he's known for the black mock turtleneck, mm-hmm. right? He didn't start wearing the black mock turtleneck until 10, 15 years after Apple was founded. Hmm. So when we think about the personal brand and we think about the aspirational brands, we'll call them, what we don't pay enough credence to is that they didn't develop the look until long after they developed the skill set. You have to have the chops first and then the the nice suit or the everything else is is the cherry on top. Sure. So when I think about core competencies, I argue that that is the most fundamental piece of building a personal brand. What do you do at the end of the day? What do you do? And for somebody who's wanting to figure that out, I would say the most organic piece is what do you like to do? What sorts of projects do you find yourself engaged in over and over and over again? The things that you would do to your point that you would do for free. Right. What are those things? What are those projects? Then what are the skill sets required to execute those projects with fidelity? Mm -hmm. That's how, at least I found, you develop your core competencies, your skill sets. I'll use myself as an example. I'm kind of an introvert. I don't know if you could tell. People, uh, what? <laughs> um, no. I'm actually, people don't believe me, but I'm actually an introvert. I promise. I promise I'm an introvert. <laughs> but the thing is, for whatever reason, I love giving presentations. Okay. I do. I like giving presentations. Okay. In order to give good presentations, that means you have to be a competent public speaker. Sure. That means you have to put together a, a PowerPoint that is aesthetically pleasing and that tells a story. You have to be a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I didn't realize in and of itself that public speaking is something that I wanted to be good at. I realized that I enjoyed speaking in public. And so I need to work on my cadence as I talk or my PowerPoints are pretty trash right now. I need to, <laughs> I need to make these better in service to the project that I enjoy. So going back to the question about your personal brand, 
One, I would urge anyone who's starting from ground zero, don't worry about the look and feel and I got to be cute and I got to do all this stuff at the forefront. Worry about the thing first. Be good at the thing and then learn what you need to be better at to do that thing with more fidelity. Then from there, organically, the look and feel and all the stuff we talked about uh, previously, that'll come after. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, when I think about that, the first thing that came to mind for me was like Clifton Strengths, for example. Have you taken the Strengths Finder? I have. It's been a while. Okay. Okay. And for me, that was day one. I've talked about it on other episodes, but when I first started, uh, Dewey and Ray had me sit down and do the strengths finder. And that was the first time I had ever seen like a comprehensive profile, I guess, that I went, Oh, well, that makes sense. Why I enjoy A, B, C, and D. And then it was now fine tuning that interest. And so to your point there, you know, maybe even finding some resources, if you're not really sure where to start and you feel like you have been um, trying a lot of different things and you're still not quite there, maybe finding some time. uh, And our team here at MTI does that. We do our Clifton Strengths individual bundles. And so um, finding time to come in and to take that assessment and to figure out, okay, here's a basis. Now I can build off this. And what we know about those are just talents until you start, as you said, spending some time in them, then they become strengths. Yes. Then they become strengths. And so uh, very interesting piece, you know, when we think about the foundational element of of really knowing your core competencies. Another thing that I think about with that, um, it also I would imagine if you're doing the things that you enjoy doing, it's going to give you more motivation and momentum to keep pushing ahead and trucking through maybe some of the challenges that present itself in becoming skilled at that. To that point, there is research out there that says when people set goals that are more self-concordant, which Mm -hmm. means aligned to what you're intrinsically motivated to do, you persist in those goals much longer than when they're externally motivated, right? I want to do this for the sake of doing it because I love to do it, you ultimately end up being better at that thing long-term. I agree. Right, Mm -hmm. right, absolutely. What are some other things? So as we talked about core competencies, um, and I think some of the other things we talked about even offline a little bit was um, really looking at um, different positions and analyzing now if you're considering a certain position within an organization, how how do your core competencies or how do you need to look at that if you're considering a a positional um, place in an organization and your personal brand? So when thinking about your position within an organization, it's one, figuring out the landscape. Who is my team, Mm -hmm. right? Who's around me and what are the needs of this team, but also what is expected of me, right? So in thinking about my team, I have to constantly keep a pulse on where they are and what they need from me at that particular point in time, right? Some of my folks, they just need to be left alone. (laughs) You got it. Call me when you need me. Uh Some of my folks, they need me to check in more. And that's okay. Both of those are okay. So when I think about positionality within an organization, it's one thing to be an entry level employee. And I would argue, generally speaking, an entry level employee needs to be dependable. If an executive gives an entry level employee a task, they know that if I give it to you, you'll do it. It'll get done. It'll get done well. Mm hmm. Uh, middle manager, right? I would argue that the middle managers are probably the backbones of an organization from the standpoint of not only do they have to manage the, the, uh, the, the folks who execute, but they also have to manage up sure. as well. Right. Sure. And so in thinking about that, 
what that may look like is managing my team and making sure that we are situated in a way that we provide maximum value to the entire organization, but then also working with the leader, if you have access to, to the head honcho, working with the leader and listening to the leader and understanding, all right, here's what I'm hearing from Chad, for example, here's what I'm hearing from Chad, and here's where I'm seeing he wants to go. Here's how I can mobilize this group mm-hmm. so that we can work together to get us to where he wants us to be. And at the same time, that whole idea of managing up and asking questions to the leader at the right time. The leader only has so much perspective. We all do. Right. Mm-hmm. So having the how do you have the conversation of, well, I'm also hearing this. Have you considered this understanding that that's still the person who's in charge? Right. But making sure that you do it in a way to where you're presenting your valid perspective. Mm-hmm. But then also pushing things forward in a way to where it's aligned to the organizational goals. So to answer your question, I would say, depending on your role in the organization, it's critically important that when you're always dependable, no matter what your level is within the organization, but then also the more responsibility that you have, you have more responsibility to mobilize other people, Mm -hmm. right? And so that means then that you have to be reactive in how you present your brand. For example, if I didn't sit in the seat that I sit in, I wouldn't wear a suit every day. You wouldn't? I would not. I would. I am a hoodie and sweats kind of guy. I wouldn't have. I, I can't even imagine that, frankly. So <laughs> again, I was talking to Kyle yesterday. Uh-huh. I like wearing suits. I do like wearing suits. Uh-huh. I enjoy it. But if left to my own devices, I would be wearing a suit every day. Mm-hmm. And, and people on my team, some some of the folks on my team, they they wear t-shirts, and I'm perfectly okay with that. But the, because of where I sit within the organization, there's a different level of not only the presentation sure. uh, that is required of me, but also from a competency standpoint, I now have to be competent in people management, not just within my domain of marketing and communications. Oh, yeah. Right. It's a totally different, I mean, scope. And we talk about that in our supervisory certificate series. You go from being that frontline employee that really requires kind of the technical skills and the abilities, the the knowledge, the skills, the abilities, right? KSAs to now you are are in charge of getting the people to move to accomplish those goals and those tasks. And so it is it's totally different skill sets. And I'd certainly think that even in today's modern workforce, what used to be known as more um, of soft skills, I call those our power skills because those are in high demand right now. And those hard skills, you know, that we previously needed because of the types of work we were doing, they're still important, but it's a lot easier to learn those skills than it is to learn how to manage people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you can't control people and you shouldn't you shouldn't want to as a manager, mm-hmm. right? You shouldn't want to as a manager. Mm-hmm. So I think what I really took away from that was that element of building your credibility mm-hmm. with wherever you're sitting within that organization as well. So it starts from day one, from the moment you walk in the door mm-hmm. and whether it's the aesthetics or whether it's, it's coming in and being confident and knowing what you're contributing and staying in your lane during your time that you're doing that, mm-hmm. um, that credibility just continues to build with you as you build within the organization. I completely agree. And, and, and even with that, what builds credibility? And I'll use Kurt on my team, for example. 
if I ask Kurt to do something, it will be done. He is credible in that way. Yeah. Right. But for me, I would I would hope that my colleagues think I'm credible. But with my colleagues, it's Rob likes to collaborate. He is a very collaborative leader. He doesn't want to operate on an island. He wants to bring people into the fold. He wants to move forward together. And that builds credibility with my colleagues, the other senior program directors, for example. Sure. So it, to your point about credibility and what that looks like, there are different actions, different skill sets that you may need to uh, acquire in order to build that credibility within different spaces. Sure. Absolutely. I'm looking here. I can't believe it. Can you believe almost 30 minutes is gone oh. already? I know, right? I know. Man, we really need to do like an hour long episode. We, we do. Can do it. We can totally <laughs> do it. Um, but I guess with that in mind, what final big key takeaways beyond the aesthetics uh, that we talked about in on February? And I'll post the link to that in our episode description as well. But um, what are some other key points or key takeaways you want to leave our viewers or listeners? I would say to anyone trying to build a personal brand and they're starting from scratch. I'll use myself as an example. During the 2020 shutdown, it forced me to isolate myself mm -hmm. from the world. And there was no gratification in the work that I was doing aside from I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I would push for anyone who's starting from ground zero to take a step back and think critically around what is it that you enjoy doing aside from any gratification, aside from any external reward, because that'll be the, th the thing that propels you forward in that work. And then from there, working on the aesthetics and how you present yourself. And what I would argue is a lot of the time that confidence comes when you know you're competent at what it is that you do. Yeah. There's a different level of confidence that comes when you know. Absolutely. When you know, right? Absolutely. So I would say for anyone wanting to build their personal brand to take that internal uh, look and, and think about what it is you enjoy doing, then look externally around the the environment that you find yourself in and work to uh, present those capacities in a way that adds to the environment, but then also react to that environment so that you're providing what they need from you in real time. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt really fortunate and we've talked about it on episodes before, but um, it was a couple of years ago, I guess. I've been with MTI now for almost five years. I can't believe that. But um, a couple of years ago, I think Ray and I and our, some of our PTMs we were having, we started noticing that, you know, something had changed. And so, you know, to your point, kind of recognize like I'm just doing kind of doing the work, but I don't know what it is anymore. Maybe that fire in my belly wasn't quite there as much. And she had challenged me to do this thing. She said, you know, Brianna, sit down and write a list of all the things that we have to do for MTI in um, priority order in which you think we need to get them done. And then she said, OK, now do a second list and think about all the things you enjoy doing that you do for MTI in priority order and how you enjoy doing them and the way that you would like to do them. And I said, okay. So it took me about two weeks and we came back and I looked at the list and I was a little nervous to present it at first, to be honest with you, because everything that I, I thought we, we needed to do for MTI was actually closer to the bottom of what I was enjoying doing. And I thought, oh my goodness, like I don't want to leave. And so what, what is this telling me? 
And I think it was great because um, and I hope that that you have a leader out there that will look at that like I did or like Ray did for me. And she said, you know what, let's see what we can start changing around. How can we tap into those things that you're saying you really enjoy doing? Because because I know you're skilled at them. And so I get why you enjoy doing them. And let's go ahead and, and maneuver some things so that we can allocate more time and resources to that. So maybe sometimes even asking for what you need, like if you start noticing that, hey, I do know I enjoy what I'm doing, have that conversation with your leader. You know, uh, maybe they'll see it before you do it like Ray did me and have that conversation with me. But being able to know I got something's got to change because I want to get back on brand. Yeah. Right? I want to yeah. get back on brand. Yep. And that's great leadership from Ray. You said Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great leadership yeah. from her. Shout out to Ray. Yes. Yes. So um, I've enjoyed this discussion, this hearty discussion. Mm-hmm. And we can certainly I know we'll have you on again, Dr. Jones. Let me ask you one final piece here as we think about our um, podcast. Obviously, we're doing a podcast. So outside of all the MU Extension podcasts, which there are a lot. So look on your Podbean accounts. Um, but thinking about MU Extension podcast, what other podcasts do you listen to that uh, would kind of spark this kind of conversation where we talk about brand and, and maybe even marketing and communications? Two come to mind. The first is the CMO podcast, okay. Chief Marketing Officer. He has different folks across industries who lead marketing in different sectors come on and tell their own personal journeys. And the second is How I Built This. It is a podcast of successful business leaders, entrepreneurs, what have you, social leaders, and they tell the story of their whole journey. And it's really their brand story because they talk about their their foundation from their childhood, pivotal moments coming up and their journey starting their venture or leading their venture and what they've learned through their experiences. So I would say if you are in marketing communications, the CMO podcast, but for anyone who wants to learn about leadership, aside from the MTI podcast, um, also uh, the weekly workplace as well. Oh, yes. The weekly workplace. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in today. And um, for our listeners, if you're listening back to this, well, again, I'll put all the episode description information in there to tune into part one. And there might even be a part three now. Who I'm knows? Down. I'm down. <laughs> but uh, Dr. Jones, thank you so much for being on again today. I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you. I appreciate you too. All right. Well, you all have a wonderful rest of the week and I'm going to steal it from Ray and say until next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.